Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Amen. When all else fails, preach the word. You don't have to add to it. You don't have to take away from it. You don't have to try to dress it up and put pigtails on it. Preach the word. And when we preach the word, God and the Spirit of the Holy Ghost will do the rest. God bless you this morning. You may be seated. Can you handle just a few minutes? I'm going to move as quickly as I can without impugning the Word of God. We have a baptism immediately following the service this morning. Sister Jenna Kirkland is going to be baptized this morning. Praise the Lord. Turn with me to the book of, of Acts chapter 20 and you can remain seated. I know we've been up and down this morning. You know, I always try to, to preach something or speak something encouraging that's uplifting and, uh, and it is not my intentions today to send anybody home doom and gloom, but however, I do feel like the Lord uh, just spoke something into my spirit yesterday, and I just want to share that with you this morning. We are planting our watermelons, and we have quite a few people employed at this time. we got about 35 or 40 people, and uh, we were on some long rows yesterday, and it takes a long time to get down and get back, and i got about 12 ladies that, that, that help us and they sit on the machines and plant the watermelons. Even got my mother driving a tractor for me. And... <laughs> but because it's such a long distance and, and takes so long to get back, sometimes it's necessary to, to go to the restroom. And so uh, I'm running back and two on a utility vehicle and they'll flag me down and say they need to run to the restroom and I Picked up one little Spanish lady yesterday, and I was on my earpiece talking on the phone, and uh, I was scatting along there, and we rounded the corner, and I wasn't paying attention, and she wasn't either, and she went to lean to fall out. I grabbed her by the arm and, and kept her in, and we, we, we laughed it off, and there was no harm, no foul, and uh, on down the line, another young lady needed to use the restroom, and I said, sit down here, but this is a... This is a dangerous seat. And uh, as the day went on and into the night, I began to think about it. And the Lord uh, quickened my spirit to this scripture. And I want to read this to you this morning. And upon the first day of the week when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow and continued his speech until midnight. And there were many lights in the upper chamber where they were gathered together and there sat in the window a certain young man named Eutychus, being fallen into a deep sleep. And as Paul was long preaching, he sunk down with the sleep and fell down from the third loft and was taken up dead. Paul went down and fell on him and embracing him said, Trouble not yourselves, for his life is in him. 
And when he therefore was come up again and had broken bread and eaten and talked a long while, even till break of day, so he departed. And they brought the young man alive and were not a little comforted. Father, we love you and we're so thankful for the spirit and the presence of God that we have felt in this place this morning. And Lord, I'm just asking for the next few minutes that you open our hearts and our minds and that you would speak into our lives. In the name of Jesus and the whole house said amen. Amen. Sitting in the window, this is certainly no commonplace, but you know, from a natural perspective, I would doubt that very many people in here sit in their windows very often. There's not a comfortable place to sit. A window is to let some light in and it's to let some fresh air perhaps in the room. Nevertheless, in a spiritual sense, there are some in the church today, like this young man, Eutychus, that find themselves sitting in a very dangerous place. They sit in the window. Now, you could, you could pick perhaps any number of reasons why Eutychus found himself that night sitting in the window. I'm sure the place was crowded. Perhaps there was no place to sit or perhaps he just wanted some fresh air or perhaps him and Brother Joe had had a dispute on that side and he wanted to be on the other side. But I believe that perhaps he had just become disinterested in the word of God. Perhaps he had lost his desire for the things of God. The word of God was no longer exciting to him and he found himself slipping further and further away from the presence of God. You see, the window is a, is a place where you can be inside, but you can still see what's going on outside. In the context that I'm speaking in, the window represents the condition of drawing back. Hebrews 10 and 39 says, We are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe in the saving of the soul. And drawing back there means to, to shun or to, to keep back or to render yourself useless. And perdition means utter destruction. There is today in our apostolic churches a very obvious drawing back spirit. And don't be alarmed when I, when I say that. It is a spirit that wants all the blessings. It wants all the healing. It wants all the miracles, but it wants no commitment. It's the spirit that says, I'll just sit in the corner and, and me and Jesus has our own thing going and I don't, I don't really need to be a part of this and I don't really need to be a part of that. But if it's a blessing, you'll get run over because they're going to pass you up to go to the front of the line. But if it's commitment, if it's dedication, if it's consecration that we're calling for, see, some things begin to happen. The phone begins to ring and we have to step outside. We have a sudden urge to go go to the restroom or there's something we need to go check on in the car. See, from the window seat, you have a pretty good view. People in the window seat can see all the problems in the church. They hear every sour note that Brother Brian hits on the piano. They blame it all on him. A couple Wednesday nights ago, I was preaching or asked to preach and from there to there, I had a song on my mind. And I told Brother Brian that song. But from there to here, another song got on my mind. <laughs> Brother Brian was playing the wrong song. And everybody thought it was him that had messed up. But it was me. See, when, when people begin to pick apart the church... 
They want to get on Brother Chris because he picked the wrong song to sing at praise and worship. They want to pick all the flaws that's wrong with the church and why don't we do this and why don't we do that and you'll find that the people that are complaining about what's wrong with the church are the people that are doing nothing in the church. They can, they can tell you how to fix all your flaws. My Uncle Danny says, and I don't mean to offend nobody with this, but my Uncle Danny says, everybody can tell you how to skin the cat except the fella that's holding it. And when you sit in the window, you're always picking apart what's wrong with the church. And it's amazing sometimes at the view that you get from the window. You see, when you're sitting in the window, you start to see things that you left outside. You start to see things that God has removed from your life and taken away and you left behind and you laid them down. But by sitting in the window, your focus is off of God and your focus is off of what's going on in church and you begin to pay attention to what's going on outside. Sitting in the window is a very dangerous place to be, ladies and gentlemen. And just like Eutychus, there are so many that are deceived and believing that they can look at those things and it not affect them. It's not a sin to think about it. It's okay if it walks by as long as I don't touch it. But you can start to believe that and you'll think, well, as long as I don't get involved, as long as I just meditate on it. So you start flirting with thoughts and you think about how much fun it might just be for one time or one day to go back and do what I used to do. But Paul said in Ephesians 4 and 27, he said, neither give place to the devil. He also summed it up and said, if there be any good things, think on these things. So when the devil comes at us, and make no mistake about it, ladies and gentlemen, people, people have pulled the wool over their eyes in these last days and I've come to tell you we're at war and if you think the devil ain't after your family, if you think the devil ain't after your soul we better get our heads out of the sand and realize what time it is and what hour it is and what day it is Hebrews said how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation we've got to protect this salvation, it's a life you have to sustain, it's just like a mother with a child and a baby, that that baby needs nurturing, it needs milk, it needs caring for, and this Holy Ghost is the same way, people are confused when they think that they can be filled with the Spirit of God and baptized in His precious name, sit on a pew and wait for Jesus to come. It doesn't work that day. This is a day-to-day process. This is something that has to be nurtured. Nurtured. It has to be carried along. In, in our scripture this morning, we read that Eutychus' name, it means fortunate. It means good. And just like Eutychus, we have been called. We're a favored people. And if you think you found God, you're sadly mistaken. God found us. You know, why we, we can read this story and wonder why Eutychus might have fell to his death. He, he lost his passion for the things of God, perhaps. He was, he was more out than he was in. And, and, and let me pause and say here, you cannot live. If anybody's struggling today, or you know of somebody struggling, you cannot live for God on the fence. You want to be in a miserable state? You be lukewarm. Be lukewarm and you'll be in a miserable, miserable state. But it was at midnight that he fell from this window seat. You know, all through scripture we read that midnight is a, it's a crucial time. 
It was at midnight when the death angel passed over Egypt. It was at midnight when Paul and Silas turned the corner and, and turned their pain into praise. And in midnight is where it can go either way. Midnight is a time that we can make a decision where we either turn left or turn right. And sitting in the window, sitting on the fence will never be comfortable. When we start thinking about the world and all the painful things that it causes, we sometimes want to think shame on me for even thinking about this stuff. But I caution us today that the more we allow ourselves to think on the world, the more comfortable it becomes. Until suddenly, suddenly, without, without warning, you begin to feel yourself falling and, and, and you begin to feel yourself slipping. And it all started with sitting in the window. Jerry, what are you preaching about this morning? Here's what I'm saying and here's what I feel like the Lord prompted in my spirit last night. As a church and as individuals, we need to evaluate ourselves. Now, when we evaluate ourselves, there has to be a stipulation that comes along beside it. If you're going to evaluate yourself, you've got to be honest with yourself. And sometimes that's a hard thing for us to do. And, and if we are not as committed, we need to evaluate ourselves and ask ourselves the question, if we are not as committed to the cause as we used to be, then, then what happened? If we're not in love with Jesus Christ the way we used to be, we need to change seats. We, we need to get out of the window. I, I heard a preacher a long time ago say this, and I'm not implying that anybody in here is in a backslidden state, but, it, but if you, you ask any backslider, you, you, you can ask me. I can tell you how the road to backsliding starts. It starts with becoming uninvolved in the church. It starts when you think it's not necessary for me to go out back and fellowship. Church is just not all about coming when the doors are open and being part of a service. Church is about being involved with the body of Christ. And when you start missing things, when you start thinking that things aren't important and I don't really need to be there and nobody will miss me, that's when the road to destruction will start. This, this, this particular preacher said, if, if you don't have the same fire and the zeal that you did when you first got the Holy Ghost, you're sliding back. He said, if, if, if you don't have the passion for God, that you first had. He said, you're sliding back. He said, if your praise and worship is not what it used to be, and I'm not talking about physically this morning, I'm talking about spiritually. I used to could stand flat-footed and jump on top of this pulpit, and I can barely get three inches off the ground now. But, but spiritually, if your praise and worship is not what it once was, the whole point of living for Jesus Christ is going forward. And if we're not moving forward, if we find ourselves reverting, we're sliding back. And by the grace of God in our story this morning, Eutychus got a second chance and a miracle was performed that night as we stand across this house. Paul was able to go down to the street and he was able to pray a prayer of faith and a miracle was wrought. And as Brother Chris and, and our praise team comes this morning, the grace of God, which Brother Rayleigh so aptly preached about this morning, is already in this house. We don't have to pump and we don't have to prime and we don't have to get it all ready, but the grace of God is in the house today and we don't have to wait. We have the opportunity today and we don't have to wait for some disaster to happen to our family. We don't have to wait for some tragedy to strike our life, but if I'm not where I need to be today, 
is the day. I don't have to leave the same way I come. We serve a life-changing God and He's in the life-changing business. As we gather around this altar today and as they close out with an altar call song and before our baptism, I want us to do this. Don't, Don't pray for anybody else. I want us to come forward and I want you to pray for yourself and let's examine ourselves and let's ask God, God, if I'm not where I used to be, God, if I'm not where I need to be, I'm asking you to check me. I want to be like David and say, Lord, search my heart. Search me over and make me whole and make me clean again. Come on, church. Let's let's call out to the Lord. Let's magnify the Lord. Mighty God, we love you today and we thank you, Jesus. I know there's grace in the house. I know there's grace in the house, Lord. Praise the Lord. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.